You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. Today I have with me Karina Hendricks, principal and parent, and she's here to share some back to school tips. For those of you who don't know, she's my sister. Yes, I, I know you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and she is a biology teacher. She spent how many years in the public school system? Six. Six years mm -hmm. in the public school. Now it's been three years. In the private, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And she's a principal now of the private yes. school. Um, which is where my daughter goes and my son will go and your daughter goes yes, this starting this year starting kindergarten now i get to uh, know what it feels like to be the parent as well yep. so we'll see how that works out <laughs> <laughs> so i think um we're gonna get really practical with you today um coming from a parent perspective and also coming from um, our parents did really well with back to school and so we're gonna share from our own experience as students and then you'll definitely share as a teacher and principal yeah. some tips to keep in mind for young families Absolutely. headed back to school. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, let's start with summer transition. All right. Uh, <laughs> so what are some of the comments you hear from parents and students who like see you through the summer and they're like, school's starting in a couple oh, weeks. Oh yeah, I just, just last night, a parent, um, I saw them and they said, 19 more days. And I'm like, I'm not counting that. <laughs> I only count the countdown to when school ends. And I'm like, but you're the parent, so I understand. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so yeah, they're definitely, they're counting down, but um, they're excited. And I think that there are definitely things that we can do to make the transition from summer to school um, a little bit more exciting and smooth for both parents and the kids. Yes, okay, so let's start with what goes wrong for summer transition before we talk about what goes smoothly what are the things that people do that really make it a rough transition yeah I think what it is is that they um just don't realize like how big of a change it is from schedule wise from summer to school and even if you're one of those parents and families who you know has been um keeping up with a schedule throughout mm -hmm. the summer mm -hmm. that's awesome and that's great and that's something that we practice as well but that looks a lot different um than your school schedule even just changing of locations like you could sure. have, be having the same times when you wake up and go to sleep and um you know you've got them doing we call it fun work but you know yes. school work or whatever <laughs> just to keep them in the mode throughout the summer but really it's so different for your child um when they when they transition back to um, even locations and even as yeah. a homeschooler, it just, it just changes things. Um, so I think knowing and expecting that things will be different mm -hmm. um, and not just downplaying that. Good. Yeah. Good. So, I mean, people are listening and they hear you say, okay, you know, you might have the same wake up times and go to bed times, or you might have fun work going. And there are parents who are like, and no, we, yeah, do we not. didn't do that. <laughs> And I'm not, we did not do that fully either. We did, took a lot of vacations. Yep. I mean, yeah, as an educator, summer is the time where we go, go, go. Right. Um, because, you know, we got to stay home during the school year. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> hint, hint to <laughs> folks. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, definitely not saying that that's what we did. Yeah. Um, and even though, you know, we did try to keep that on her sticker chart, the fun work, yeah. um, you know, it just, it just didn't happen. And, and so um, if, even if you didn't, so even more so, 
you've got to change um, your schedule and change your mindset and mm-hmm. your child's mindset around what to expect. Yes. Okay. So this is airing August 15th. There's a lot of people who are already back to school, but then yeah. there's a lot of people who are going back to school next week or mm-hmm. even like right after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. So talk to them about the amount of time they should take to start shifting their schedule for yeah. the sleep schedule specifically. Yeah. You know what? And a lot of people think it's a little bit more drastic, but I would say even just a week before school starts, okay. if you start that um, going to bed at a decent time, whatever that means for your family, um, <laughs> but um, because you'll be waking up a lot earlier, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and just starting that a week before so that it's not um, just crazy and horrible going back yep. um, and starting the, the new bedtime routine. You know, I think that what's super helpful and something that our mom did growing up is laying out the clothes the night before. Yes. Um, and so if you start that before school starts, then that will really help. I know it really help with choices because your kid has an opinion on what they're wearing <laughs> if they're not wearing a school uniform. Um, and so I know that's something that we plan on doing. We're going to start laying out the outfits the night before getting the lunches prepped the night before. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually just a really practical tip on that. Um, what I really like is, um, I have this, this person I follow on Instagram, but she came out with a, um, a schedule for food and lunches. Okay. Yeah. And it's called, uh, her handle is kids eat in color. Oh yes. You told me about her. Yeah. Yeah. So she's excellent. And so, um, we, I have a food plan for her and it's really awesome. It lays it out really nicely and, um, just makes the thinking part go away for me and I don't have to think about it. So yeah, share what, what is a food plan? Yeah. So, I mean, she does, um, breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner. So I don't, yeah, we're not doing all that. <laughs> um, but what I like to take is the lunch part from it, the snacks and the lunch part from it. Okay. And it just helps me to remember to um, put in a variety of foods. Yep. Um, otherwise, we get stuck on the same thing. Yes. And so um, it's really important, though, that our kids are eating that variety of foods. Um, it really, truly does make a difference in their wow. um, in their brain power. Mm-hmm. And so in going back to school, they're going to be doing a lot of critical thinking. They're going to be doing a lot of um, analyzing and uh, working with people. And they're going to need that brain power. Um, even if you, you know, we use energy even sitting here when you're using your brain. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important that we remember, um, that they need all the different types of foods, vitamins, minerals, um, to keep them going and be successful and the different colors. Yes. That's why kids eat in color. It's really great. Yeah. Okay. And then another practical tip, I think you're the one that uh, shared this with me a couple years ago was, um, the bento boxes. Yes. So talk love about those. bento boxes. I love the bento boxes. Um, another just tip to kind of keep up the variety and you can get a, you know, a variety of bento boxes even. Um, you know, I started off getting one that had, I think like five to six compartments. Yeah. Um, and then they'll label them like grains and dairy and you don't have to follow those, but it just like is a reminder like, Oh, you can have a bunch of different types of foods. Yeah. But then, you know, there's the bento boxes that just have three compartments. And so it's a sandwich and it's the fruit and the veggie or the, the crackers. Right. Yep. Um, and that's okay too. And ours aren't labeled. They're just right. a, a bigger compartment for like the sandwich or whatever. And yeah. then two smaller compartments. And then there's a tiny little circle in the middle yeah. where you can throw in like a little treat. An you M&M. Know? Yeah. <laughs> or a gummy bear or a few. <laughs> Balance. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I, yeah. what I like about the bento boxes too, is that, um, it eliminates the need for a ton of Ziploc bags oh, yeah. and the sandwiches and everything don't get smushed. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's really, um, well, depending on the kind you get, 
um, you know, you can find them on Amazon, but um, the seal works really nicely. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I love the bento boxes. We'll link in the show notes, the ones that we have, and then we'll link uh, anything that Karina mentions, like the kids eat in color. We'll put all that in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Because with our bento boxes, you can take the tray out, throw it right in the dishwasher. Yep. Really easy to clean. Don't throw the cover in the dishwasher. I did that. And I ended up having to buy a new bento box. Rookie. (laughs) (laughs) So just the inside tray. Yeah. 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 But super easy to clean. Um, also ice packs. Yeah. 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 Ice packs. Um, we'll put that in the link as well. Mm -hmm. Um, cause you can get some fun ones and change it up for your kid. Oh, love this one for lunches. The little, um, shape cutters. Yes. Yeah. That just helps them. Like we'll do cucumbers that way. We'll do a lot of different things. It just cut it, cut into cookie cutters. Yeah. Cookie cutters to a tiny little flower, a little heart. Mm -hmm. Um, the little like tiny forks um, that we put in. They look like animals and little creatures in their lunch. <laughs> Just helps make lunch a little bit more fun and, and yep. encourages them to eat the snacks we put in there. And it's like a little surprise and delight because yeah. they'll open it at school with all their friends and they, especially when they're young, like they're not embarrassed by it. Right. Um, and they'll see that, you know, you cut their sandwich or their vegetable or fruit into a shape and they get to be surprised and delighted yeah. by what shape you chose that day to surprise yes. them with. Uh, One thing that our mom did and that we definitely continue to do. We're going to pause this interview because we have some very important information to give you right now. Here's the deal. You feel like there are invisible barriers that get in the way of enjoying deeper intimacy and better sex and even just becoming good friends with your spouse. And that also makes you feel really alone, like you're not a team. And then obviously the adventure in your sex life is not in the cards for you. And then because the taboo is there, Generally, people don't know how to attack it. They don't know how to unpack it and achieve the deep levels of intimacy that are possible. And people think that time heals. Like if we just stay married, then time will heal everything and it'll get better. But it's false. False. Action over time heals. So you have to take action, guys. Yes. So if you want the sex that God actually wants for your marriage... Come and visit us at the Adventure and Intimacy Retreat East, and we will show you the steps to take. Yes, you're going to be able to get away from the stressors of life and work and ministry and kiddos and deadlines. And really, this is a beautiful beach backdrop with so many opportunities to adventure. But most importantly, it's going to be a place for the two of you to cast vision and draw a map for what you want to accomplish as a couple in your marriage, in your sex life, in your ministry. Yeah, and it really is possible for you and your marriage. We've worked with literally thousands of couples and we see their marriages change and we know this can happen in your marriage. Yes, so come join us at our upcoming Adventure and Intimacy Retreat in Myrtle Beach. Just click the link in the bio or click the link in the show notes or wherever you're listening or watching and you can register today. Yes, make it a priority. No one else is going to make it a priority for you. So Mm -hmm. go talk to your spouse and let's do this. One thing that our mom did and that we definitely continue to do um, is a note in the lunch. Yes. yes. And I would like to say every day, Chris is a little bit better at that than <laughs> I am. Um, but, um, you know, as long as you're getting in there once a week, it's a nice surprise. Um, yes. But just a little sticky note. It's not long. It's a sentence or two. Yep. And, you know, it just says, hey, I'm really proud of the way you did blank yesterday. Yep. I think I saw one from you yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I'm, you swam in the deep end. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> right? yes. And and just a little note and it's like oh a little touch from home um, yeah. so it makes them smile and even the older kids they may act like they don't 
think they need that, but they do love yes. that. Even if they hide it, they read it yeah. and they're thankful that yeah. you're connecting with them. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's something that'll carry you K, K to 12. Yes. So keep putting those notes in their lunches. Definitely. Okay. So we're really, really practical. Hopefully yes. people are digging this, how practical it is. Any other practical tips for summer transition into the school year? Yeah. So I think, um, I know you've, everyone's probably heard this before, but creating that family schedule is really important mm-hmm. um, because it, once you see it on paper and well, I know we're big like tech fans and we put our calendar on our phones, but like for your child Uh, in order to see something on paper, I think is really helpful. Yes. Um, and so having a family calendar, um, and so that everyone can see what the schedule is going to look like, that's going to help you and your spouse, uh, Mm -hmm. know what's going to, are you taking the kids to school? Are you picking them up? Um, who's doing homework with them? Uh, so managing those expectations early on, um, in a practical form of a calendar is really helpful. And even looking at it hour by hour, at least in those first couple weeks of school, so you can get that routine down, that will be super helpful. I like that. So the, the more minuscule part, the hour by hour yeah. for you and your spouse. But when it comes to the kids, especially young yeah. kids, having that visual of like counting how many more days until the such and such trip yes, or until the, you know, the test or whatever yep. it is at school or out of school, having that yes. visual helps. Yeah. Let me get principal really fast here for a minute. So a lot of, um, you know, younger kids and their teachers will create calendars for them and they'll do the weekly schedule. And so you don't have to worry about that. Um, and so I, I know that's popular but as they get older you know teachers start expecting that of their students and Mm. so the around and I'm a middle school teacher so around that middle school um area is when we start expecting them to create their schedule Mm -hmm. and so I beg of you even if the teacher does not require a planner please get your child a planner and help them start managing their time and their ex their um their uh, expectations early on. So whether they have a test or a homework assignment due, whatever that is, um, they need to have a planner and write it down. Um, And so about what age would you say or grade that they need to start using a planner? Well, I think it really depends too on your child's teacher. So um, I think for us, we start seeing that around um, sixth grade is when they would start to have their own um, planner that they would write their assignments in, um, you know, fourth and fifth grade, the teachers may still provide the sheets and expected them to write things in, um, maybe even third grade as well. And I know like in the younger years, the teachers like modeling it on the board and and the kids may be writing it in or the teachers writing it in. Um, but you know, if you really keep that skill going, um, into the, um, middle and high school years, then that's just setting them up for success and it's setting your family up for success because then you won't be frustrated, um, as the parent, Hey, you have homework and you know, you're a middle schooler and you're a high schooler, <laughs> maybe not your high schooler. I don't know. we will be like, no, <laughs> when in reality, <laughs> but you know, if they know that they're expected, um, to write something in their planner and you're going to check it at home yes. and if they don't have homework, make them write no homework. Uh, right. Okay. Um, because if you're checking that, then they will know they have to write something. I like that. That's yeah. good. Are there any particular calendars or planners that you recommend? Really just go basic. It does okay. not need to be complicated. Um, one that is shows, you know, the weekly has the monthly, but also has the weekly. Yeah. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Um, it does not have to be super fancy where they have each subject area, even though that is yeah. cool. But even if you just have the days of the week, mm-hmm. you can write down the subject and the homework in it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the marriage. You've been married for 
almost 12 years, 12 years. And, um, talk about how spouses can either like get into like there's tension surrounding the load when it comes to school because they, you know, they have a load that they share together with, you know, chores and, um, household responsibilities. But when it comes to school, there, there are responsibilities for the parents. Yeah, absolutely. So how can spouses share this load when there's, there's tension around, uh, the responsibilities at school? Yeah. I, this really all comes down to communication. I know that's something you guys are big on. Um, and it's, you guys have to communicate no matter what the subject area is. Right. And so it's really big when it comes to managing, um, your kid's education. And so, um, it really depends on your lifestyle on what your roles will be. Right. Mm -hmm. So if both parents are working, then that's something that you have to communicate about of, of who's going to be doing what responsibilities. Right. Um, and so if one spouse is, gets to be home and the other is working, then obviously the spouse that's at home is going to manage a lot more of probably the education side of things okay. going on the field trips, um, mm-hmm. you know, volunteering in the classroom, uh, picking up and dropping off at school, you know, but I think the main thing we have to remember is to communicate about that. Yes. And so like for Curtis and I, um, we we're both working obviously. Mm-hmm. And before Everly, um, started school, cause she wouldn't, she wasn't going to where I work. Um, you know, we had to work out, okay. Um, you, you'll do drop-offs and I'll do pickups mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you'll do homework with her. She was in preschool, so it wasn't really yeah. the need for homework, but thinking toward the future, um, Hey, can you take them on these days? Cause these days tend to be a little bit uh, more challenging for me. And then yep. you can, uh, cover these days. Yep. So as long as there's communication and a plan around what the expectation is, that's going to save a lot of heartache. Mm-hmm. Um, because when everyone's on the same page, then it's just known there's, it takes out the unknown. Yeah. We get frustrated when we, um, when there's an expectation that's not met, but when the expectation's not known, then how, how that's are we supposed right. to, you know, that's how right. is that spouse supposed to know they were supposed to do yes. <laughs> Well, and frustration, regardless of the context or the topic, frustration is the result of uncommunicated and yeah. or unmet expectations. Right. So there you go. If yeah. you didn't even know that there, there was an expectation because it wasn't communicated. Yeah. So I would recommend that if the school's um, not already emailing both parents, um, that that's something that you do, even if one spouse is more heavily involved in the education, just being in the loop mm-hmm. um, for the other spouse to know yeah. like, oh, there's a concert on that date, you know? Yes. Um, I, I would recommend that both parents' emails be on the email list. So if that's like not that. something that's already happening, make sure you reach out to your school's um, teacher or edu- um, admin and let them know you both want to be on the email list. That's a good practical tip because yeah. then you're both getting the notifications. Absolutely. Um, Something that helps us is whenever there are field trips, for instance, um, or even just responsibilities like the forms and mm-hmm. the, the homework, we talk about are our preferences, are we going to divvy this up according to preference or oh, yeah. according to availability yeah. um, or skill? And yeah. skill and preference can overlap. But for instance, like last year, there were some field trips and I was like, man, I really want to go to that play, mm-hmm. you know? And then Adam was like, I really want to go to that smud museum. Yeah. And so we divvied that up based on preference. Um, I'm more skilled with paperwork. And so right. we divvy that up just based on skill. And and I guess that's kind of preference too, because he prefers not to do right. the paperwork. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of look at that, you know, is it, and then availability too. So- mm-hmm. 
whether it's pickup or drop off or if it's, you know, some, some other type of, um, availability that we need to discuss. It's like, okay, well, who's more available that day? Right. Who has a heavier load on such and such item, whether that's work or other responsibilities. And then the other person is more available to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. That's for us too. You know, Curtis, um, had worked in banking for 10 years and so he does all of our bills and things like that. So he handled all of the monthly, uh, tuition payments and mm-hmm. all of those things. So just working off skill set, that's excellent. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the excuses you hear <laughs> <laughs> from parents. Um, my own excuses included. <laughs> just yourself out. I know. Huh? Uh, we are one of those who tend to travel through the school year and try to balance how often we take the kids with us or not. Um, but talk about some of those excuses that yeah. you hear um, that really make the kiddos' uh, education journey less successful. Yeah, so it's uh, kids are all about routine, right? Yeah. And that's why you know we talked about the first the first part of this and creating that routine yeah. um, and making it the change a little bit before school starts so they can mm-hmm. get used to the routine. So anytime you throw a wrench in routine, um, it tends to throw kids off. Yeah, you know, and it throws them off emotionally, and then you know they're not going to perform as well. Yep. and so. Um, you know, yeah, we do hear all the excuses and sometimes you just can't avoid them. They're yeah. not excuses. It's just real life. For sure. And we understand that, yeah. um, you know, but we'll hear everything from, uh, you know, like, oh, church went late last night. So us, <laughs> you know, we're going to get the kids late this morning. And I'm like, well, I was at church last night too, but I showed up for your kid this morning, <laughs> you know? So it's like, there are some dynamics when you're a principal of a church school, <laughs> a private school that's at a church and a lot of the kids go to that church. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's fun. Um, but you know, and even though that is tough, yeah, church will go late and, mm-hmm. and you don't want to take that away from your kid by leaving in the middle of an altar call. Right. Um, but you, you, so you, know, you do that and there, there'll be some days where it's like that. Yeah. Right. Um, they just get less sleep that particular that day. Particular it's day. not going to be all seven days of the week. Right. And, and have them take a nap that day when they come home from school, if there that's what go. it takes, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's really important, um, that you, you, getting your kids to school on time is a priority. And I know that's the admin coming out in me. Um, But I think really practically speaking, you know, when your kid comes in late, you don't get to see what happens on the other end. Ah. But what happens on the other end is, um, you know, they disrupt the rest of the class. Um, But they also, uh, it's for them, they're like, okay, everyone else has started and now I'm behind. Mm. So it's a mindset for them as well. Right. They feel scattered. Yeah. Maybe even anxious. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. And depending on, um, you know, what, what it is that the teacher does in the first part of the day, um, they they may miss out on a lot of things. It's, you know, they're setting up uh, their day for success. So yeah. maybe looking at what holds, what that day holds. And so for a lot of kids, that takes the mystery and the worry out of the rest of the day. And so if they mm-hmm. miss that, then they're, they miss that part. And, you know, they may right. be wondering what's going on. We have chapel right in the morning. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think like, I know I'm, I, that's probably a bias on my part, but I think it's really, really important that you make that a priority for your kid. Yeah. 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 Well, and just the routine, you mentioned it earlier. So even for like, say homeschool kids. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they have somewhat of a routine set up, but perhaps it's not as structured as what would be in a public or private school setting. Um, but could you speak to those parents who say like, oh, we're just going to like shift things and, um, you know, talk about the balance there. Yeah. I think even for homeschoolers, it's even more important that they, 
the student, the kid student knows um, what the routine is mm-hmm. um, because it's all about expectations, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and if they can expect that they know what's going on, mm-hmm. then that will set them up for success. Sure. Um, and so you may have a little bit more flexibility as a homeschooler. Yeah. Um, but I think that, um, you know, you still need to keep as much the routine as possible um, because that will just really set the child's mind at ease. And you can set, as a homeschooler, you can set the routine for your family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, even just thinking about my experience as a professor, I had a lot of people, the students were people in ministry. And so I know Sundays were a big day for Mm -hmm. them. Most of them were speaking, preaching, teaching, ministering. And so instead of Sunday night, midnight deadlines, Mm -hmm. which most everyone else had, I shifted that to Monday night deadlines. That's perfect. Yeah. And and so that's okay, like thinking that of that in uh-huh. terms of homeschool. If you want to have a lighter day on Mondays yeah, or a later or a start. Late start. Late start Monday, late start yeah. Wednesday, because if you have church, or probably Thursday for most people, you have, have church, church Wednesday, Wednesday nights. Yeah. yeah, then that's okay. But as long as there's an expectation right. so that your kiddo knows, okay, I know what to expect on m- late start Monday or yeah. late start Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Just set that into the schedule. Yeah. Good. That's awesome. Any other excuses you hear? Oh, you know, just, um, there was traffic, love, love excuses, you know, the roundabout <laughs> there. Oh yeah. The round the roundabout is, you know, Oh, there were rubber knuckers on the highway. Like, you know, so, um, yeah, all, all of those. And yeah. you know, they're just, they leave they earlier. Happen. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Speaking and and myself. we know things, we know things come up, so we're not yeah. unreasonable in knowing that that happens, but yeah. also like just scheduling your vacations because, um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you're not going to take a vacation in the school year, but we do have a lot of holidays in the school year. Right. Right. And I know everyone's vacationing around that time, but, um, just think about, just think about your kid because when you're gone for, let's say a whole week in the middle of the school year, then they got to get caught up. Mm -hmm. Um, the teacher has to get them caught up as well. So that puts more on the teacher. Um, and so just, just think about how that will affect your child and do your best to try to mitigate those things. Thank you for that. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as we speak we're, we're planning to have the kids out for a week in September while we do a missions for marriage retreat in Japan and you know what that's gonna be a great experience for yeah. them um but knowing that yes. then maybe let's not schedule any more of this <laughs> <laughs> yes so and that's good like so we came from uh you know the first few years of them not being in a structured school setting even though they had preschool you know that was two days a week at first and that you know it didn't really matter if they right. missed Um, And so I think this was a transition for us. I'll just be vulnerable here. And I really, this Adeline was in kindergarten last year. I really had to learn and Adam and I are working together on shifting that, um, that expectation both for us and for the kids. So next year we're, we've already made different plans and our missions for marriage retreat is going to be in the summer. Look at that. Yeah. And so it's, it's okay if you take a while to make, you know, make those transitions in your mind and in your schedule, but keep those, um, I like how you said there are going to be consequences yeah. of those um, of those plans, and so make sure you're you're keeping that in mind. Absolutely, yeah, Absolutely. I like it. Okay, um, last item before we close out. Talk a little bit about 
how students and parents can maintain open communication throughout the school year, whether that's about practical things like homework Mm -hmm. or even the more emotional and social things like conversations that come up with friends. Absolutely. I think this is big and this is something that you can do even before school starts. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you've created a home and an environment where um, it is very open and communication is always happening, then this won't be a big change for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, we try to take like car time, for example, um, to that's open communication time. Yep. Um, and so I think it's really important and start talking about like, Hey, you know, in a couple weeks you're going to start school and, um, you're going to meet some new friends and you're going to be back together with some old friends. Um, and this is what, you know, this might, what it, might look like. So talk about what's going to be the same. Um, so, you know, we'll make breakfast in the morning. Um, what's going to be different and then you'll go to school and you have lunch with your friends, you know? And so as younger kids, especially like that's more of a conversation that, you know, will be toward those younger ones. Um, but even with the older ones, you know, you're just talking about, Hey, like, you know, you're you're excited to see all your friends again. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, are you nervous about anything? Um, so just starting those conversations right now, because then they're going to start thinking about being in that setting. And, you know, we get nervous and anxious when we don't know what to expect. Right. And so if you can kind of take away some of that for your child and start talking about the scenarios of Mm -hmm. what they might run into, then that will even help them go into school more confident. But then, yeah. you know, once school does start, you know, it's important to keep those conversations going. And I know life can get busy. And in the car, you know, when you pick them up from school, you might be, um, you know, talking to on a phone call and like, okay, we got to get to this practice and whatever. Right. Um, but just being mindful and intentional about having those conversations of, hey, so not just like, how did school go today? Yeah, because I think that's the default, right? Yes. Like, how was school? And especially if they're Good. older. Good. <laughs> yeah. What'd you do? Stuff. Yeah. You know, okay. So you have to ask pointed questions, right? So what are some pointed questions? Yeah, definitely. So like, uh, who did you sit at or sit by, um, you know, at lunch today? Yep. Yeah. Um, what did you guys talk about? And you know, or, um, Hey, did, um, did call off their best friend, you know, did, did so-and-so have any new information for you today? You know, um, because if you've been talking then you can say like, Hey, I know they were liking this boy or, you know, they talked about that girl, you know, is that still a thing? And so kind of just, you know, like asking pointed questions is going to elicit more, uh, direct answers from them. Yes. Um, you know, you can even then talk about the tough stuff, right? So Mm -hmm. like, Hey, did anything tough happen at school today? Were you nervous about any, any tests or any conversations with friends? Right. You know, um, just really trying to be open with them so that they can share all that they're experiencing and you can help them through those things. So good. I love that. I think that's something that, um, our parents were really good at, you know, when they picked us up, it was immediate like download of everything. And even like you mentioned how they would ask things like, you know, Oh, did that boy, you know, does he still like that girl or whatever? Yeah. Like that's okay. That shows that you are an askable parent. You're you're the source Yeah, and they can talk to you and ask you questions. And when they have a hard time or their friend has a hard time, they can talk to you. Yeah. And so don't shy away from some of the harder questions. Right. Because the more that you ask those questions, the more they realize they can come to you with anything. And so then you won't have to pry information out of them. They're Mm -hmm. just going to give it to you openly and willingly. Yep. Yeah. They'll get in the car and they'll be like, oh my goodness, in class today and in (laughs) science, we talked about this. Can you believe that? (laughs) Right. You know, so um, that's what you want. And so as much as possible, 
people just have those conversations over dinner as well. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, if one parent's doing the pickup, then you don't want the other parent to be completely out of the loop. And so, you know, that's another thing. And something I have to work on is we have to have more family dinners. There you go. Um, So that's something I want to definitely add into our routine. I know with summer, like we totally fell out of that. Okay. Um, But, you know, having family dinners and I, for us, I, I have to be practical. It's not going to happen every night of the week. Sure. Um, yeah. but you, know, you go straight from this to after school, absolutely. that to church, to pre-church meeting to whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And yeah. so we, you know, have to, we're going to set a goal of, you know, blank times of the week. We want to have family dinner. Good. Um, and make sure yeah. you're having those conversations with, um, both parents, you know, yes. over dinner. And it does yeah. not have to be a grand dinner. Oh like, my goodness, no, I mean, <laughs> most of the time it's not for us. And so like, We'll do something super simple, like throw in some pasta with yep. some pasta sauce or, you know, we'll, we'll do something like, um, you know, breakfast for dinner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, we'll, we'll put, put some pancakes on and sit down at the table together and it's okay if yeah. it's not grand. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And of course, pur- purple carrot saves my life. Yeah. Hello fresh. Purple <laughs> yeah. Carrot. All the things. Yep. Um, but I, that's, that's something that we're going to work on this year. Love that for sure. Yeah. It just, as I can't stress enough how important communication is and yeah. communication between the parent and the teacher as well, ah, you know? Yeah. Um, and so f- flip side of this, you know, speaking from the teacher side, um, and the admin side, if you, um, have questions, don't hesitate to reach out, yeah. you know? Um, and you know, if you are worried about something or you don't understand something, just ask, ask the teacher, Yes, you know? Yeah. Um, because if you, let something build up and you, and then you're like, I don't know why they'd always do whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but the teacher doesn't know that you don't know why then yeah. they can't fix it. And so yes. just open communication too between the teacher and the parent is going to really help your child out and help you out. Yeah. And side note, for those of you who don't know, um, Karina and I and Adam, the three of us worked on a resource uh, over the last couple years. And last year it came out and there was a whole series on it. So if you're new to the podcast, you can go back and listen to the series. But it's called Having the Talks, plural, because one just isn't Isn't enough. enough. (laughs) And so it's all about how, you know we have this idea we have to have the talk with our kids, but that's not true. We need to have talks plural with them throughout their entire life. And so this card deck is a conversation starter for you and your child, whether they're young, as young as three, Mm -hmm. all the way through teenhood. Um, cause there's one side of the question, one side of the card, that's a question for younger kids. And then the same question, but geared toward older kids on the other side of the card. And it covers everything. Talk about all the topics. Yeah. I mean, we, we kick it off with identity. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you're founded in? Um, you know, so we start off strong there and that's, that's really important that you start having those conversations early and often with your child, Mm -hmm. because as they go into school and it doesn't matter whether it's private Christian school, public school, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they will be tested on who they are, Yes, you know, and if they are not for sure of, of where they're founded, you know, that I'm a child of God, um, that's, they're going to be confused. Yeah. And or so, think of their, you know, sexual attractions as their identity, right? Which that's the way, what the world would tell them. Um, yes. but that's not, that's not their identity. So right. we start with identity outside of sexuality. First. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because first and foremost, we are children of God. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we, that's how, uh, my daughter starts off her morning. We just did it on the way here in the car. Yep. Well, we call it the bref- breakfast benediction. Yes. And, you know, she, she quotes that. Um, 
But in that, you know, she says, I'm a child of God. It's who I am. No one can take it from me. Right. And so, um, just starting that, she started that, I think at age two, we started learning that, you know, um, we'll put that in the show notes, by the way. That's, that's a good resource. Free download to to the breakfast benediction. I just had someone DM us a few days ago saying, we, we do this every morning. Thank you so much for providing That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And you know, as they get older, um, you know, she's up to this point, just memorized it and Mm -hmm. quotes it. Right. But now we're starting to talk about what the lines mean. Yeah. You know, um, I am not what I do. I'm not what I have is how it starts. What people say about exactly. And so we say, you know, today we, we talked about that in the car. What does that mean? You know, and she's five. So there's not like a great understanding, but you know, we kind of had that small conversation of, you know, when you start school and, you know, people start um, talking to you and, you know, and they, they talk about your family, they talk about who you are, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you know, what's really cool is that you know that you're a child of God, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what's really cool for you is that you go to school with a bunch of kids who know that they're a child of God as well. Yes. You know, and so that's what the conversation looked like today. Mm-hmm. It's going to get deeper and deeper. You sure. know, but that's how it. we kick off the card deck. Yes. Um, and so that's really important. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, we move into growth and development, health and hygiene. hygiene. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> middle schoolers. Even pre middle school, man, your fourth and fifth graders, <laughs> they need to be talking about the hygiene. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we, you know, we do that. Um, Conception, mm-hmm, birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, um, as they get older, marriage and dating as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we, we finish that off when things don't go as God planned yeah. um, because those conversations are important to happen too. Yes. And so for those of you also who don't know, we have another couple of stages to this project coming. Karina is working on, oh, and by the way, she was a sex ed teacher in the yes. public school system and, and still teaches sex ed um, in the private school as in their biology unit yeah. in science. Um, and she is writing a curriculum that yes. can be used for schools, church schools, home schools, yep. public schools, if they allow it, not right. here in California. But, <laughs> um, but it is a, a biblically based and scientifically sound curriculum. Yeah. So we, you know, um, have been working on that. And um, what we're working on right now is t- how to differentiate um what we have originally is geared this toward that middle school age yes. group, right? Um, but we want to be able to start talking about some of these things um, early on. Mm-hmm. And so um, shifting that to, okay, how would we take this approach to that younger age group? Yes. So that's what we're working on right now. And then we're also working on a parent guide. So each of the questions in the deck have an answer and um, that you can kind of sample beforehand before asking that question to your kiddo. And so that's going to be in the parent guide. A lot of those answers are already written. And if you're on that mailing list, you're getting those answers in your email. So we'll drop that in the show notes too. So if you're not on that already, you can get an answer once every week or two. There's like another answer that comes for card number, whatever. And um, we give little stories of our kiddos and things that they're talking about and how we're navigating that as parents. Yeah. What's really cool about the card deck too is that some of the cards, um, if we didn't feel like there was a good way to ask the question toward a younger child or toward an older child, you know, we'll have a generic, um, what do you want to ask me about today? Yep. So the flip question is important as well. And not only should we be asking our kids questions, uh, but let them ask you questions as well, you know? Yes. So what do you want to ask me about? And you know, sometimes they'll just say like, well, what'd you have at breakfast? What'd you have for lunch? Yeah. You know, (laughs) but sometimes they, they may get deep and they'll, you know, start thinking about something they had a, um, a question about at school that day. And, um, you know, or they'll ask something super scientific and I'm like, 
Let's ask Aunt Rena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, exactly. Great. Awesome. Any other items that you want to add for back to school before we close out the episode? You know, it's um, it's an exciting time for yes. your child and it should be for you as well. So as much as possible, make it an exciting thing yes. um, and uh, go into it with confidence. The The more confident you are, the more confident they're going to be and then instill that into your child. And that's yes. going to just set them up for success. Love it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to rewind back to your first year or two of marriage. This is completely outside of back to school. <laughs> um, we're going to ask you the question we ask everybody. And that is, what advice do you wish you would have received? and fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Yeah, you know, you say it's unrelated, but I think what is a common thread um, that we've kind of talked about in this podcast, but I wish I would have known early on, um, is that communication is key. Yep. And like, I guess I probably heard that, but like really truly know what that means yep. and what that looks like practically um, mm -hmm. to have conversations, yes. um, you know, pointed conversations with your spouse um, and talking about, the hard things, the fun things, um, because that's really just how you get to know them. And you think you know them going into marriage, but there's so much more to know. Yes. Um, and we change and we evolve, evolve you know. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wish I would have known how important communication is and how practically we can keep an open line of communication. Yes. Yeah. Very good. All right, guys. So if you want more episodes from Karina, we're going to link all the episodes here that she's been a part of, the Having the Talks episodes, as well as an episode with Karina and her husband, Curtis, about going to school as a married couple. So if you guys are the ones going back to school as adults, um, there's lots of good stuff in that episode, and we'll link it right here. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. Oh, thanks, sis. Yeah. That was fun. That was a good reminder for me. Oh, let's turn the music hey, off. Nicole, turn off the music. Got it. Stopping both speakers. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.